Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Friend, today I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and His operation in this dispensation of grace, better known as the Church Age, in comparison to how He used to operate in the Old Testament. We know from Scripture that when anyone is born again by God's Spirit and baptized into Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells within that person. However, in Old Testament times, Scripture says the Spirit of the Lord would come upon people, but never permanently residing or indwelling within them. His manifestation was both selective and temporary. However, in the New Testament, things are very different because we have been redeemed by Christ's blood and now have permanent access to the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. Friend, there's a well of water that Jesus talked about in John 4.14. Let's read it right now. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Here Jesus describes the well of water that springs up into eternal life. The Holy Spirit dwells within the believer when we're born again to bring newness of life. This well is for your benefit so you may access eternal life and it's not for someone else. Now, friend, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is sometimes described as water, oil, or even a dove. So water is often used as a type of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Writ. By receiving Christ, you have access to the eternal spring within you. But why settle for a well only? Why not dive into His river? Did you know there are rivers of living water available to you if you decide to partake of them? And I will speak more on this in a minute. Friend, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth in John fourteen sixteen through 17. And it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him not. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. Notice, friend, his spirit abides within you when you're born again. But believe it or not, this concept of God's spirit living within you was actually foretold by the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36, verses 25 through 27. Let's read that now. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean, saith God. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. That was the NLT version, friend. Did you notice there is a washing and cleansing that takes place here? The Lord washes you when you come to Him and makes you clean. Not only that, He places His Spirit within you, praise God. But guess what? The New Testament speaks of this washing also in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Let's read that. Not by works of righteousness which He have done, but by according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. In Old Testament times, as you well know, the Spirit of the Lord came upon prophets, priests, kings, and judges momentarily, but it never resided within them permanently. 
The reason for this is because Jesus had not yet come to redeem man, and his blood was not yet shed. Like I said, there's a washing and renewing by the Holy Ghost when we're born again. Not only that, Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. Now, friend, in this verse, the he is the Lord Jesus, and the it is us, the church. We are washed by the word of God. When you receive the word of God into your heart and become born again, you're washed and cleansed of your sin and ready for the master's use. Praise God. Friend, one of his purposes for abiding is that you might bear fruit in your life. Remember the passage on the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5:22 through 23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. In another passage, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11, the Apostle Paul outlines the gifts of the Spirit which operate for the purpose of blessing others. If you recall last month, I did several broadcasts purely on the gifts of the Spirit. These gifts are very important in a believer's life, but equally as important, if not more, are the fruits of the Spirit because they display character traits of the Holy Spirit through our lives. As the saying goes, gifts are given, but fruit is grown. Our gifts are for other people mainly, and fruit is for developing character traits that give glory to God. Another reason for the Holy Spirit's indwelling is to help us be led by the Spirit in our daily walk. Remember Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Friend, there are three ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. He does so primarily through the Word of God. And secondly, through the unction of the Spirit or inner witness. And finally, the still small voice. Friend, God leads us in his path, and sometimes it may not be a bed of roses because he knows what lies ahead if we take the time to listen. Remember Luke 4.14. It says Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. Friend, did you notice? It was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness here. Sometimes we do have wilderness experiences in life. And in some cases, God can lead us there for testing, maturity, or even growth. I won't say this is a common occurrence, but it's a belief among some people that preachers who teach on faith seem to purvey that everything's going to be a bed of roses in life and God is your personal vending machine. And all you need to do is just speak the word out and it materializes. No, friend. Not everything is hunky-dory at all times. Like I said before, God can ask you to do something when there's no provision in the natural to do so. I heard one minister say this, God has never let me down once yet, but that doesn't mean he hasn't scared me half to death along the way. Maybe that's a bit stern, friend, but it does take guts to do what God has asked us to do. I remember when I went to Bible college in another state many years back now. I'd moved everything to that location. I was doing a graduate degree as well as attending Bible college. I went there with no job. Needless to say, it was a very busy time for me. And if I told my mom or some family members at the time, they'd say, are you crazy? Are you nuts? You're going to go there without a job? You know, friends, it's times like this, then you need to step away from your family sometimes and hear the voice of the Spirit because they're not going to encourage you necessarily. I also don't recommend that you go around telling your friends and family what God told you necessarily because that can cause added pressure when it comes to the point where it hasn't manifested. So just guard what the Lord tells you, friend. But I was standing on one word God had given me. He told me by the end of October, you will have the job I've chosen for you. 
I knew God had spoken to me. But Class's friend, they started in early September. And by October the 25th, I still didn't have that job. Needless to say, the opportunity to sweat was there. I was committed with all my payments, friend. I could have started to worry and get into unbelief if I wanted to. But instead, I started to worship and thank the Lord for his provision and reminded him of the promise he made to me. And sure enough, within a week of doing that, I received a really good paying job and my boss was a believer as well. I got that job on October the 30th, just like the Lord promised. By the end of October, literally, it came to pass. So I was very blessed. Heck, I even got a bonus that year too, over and above what I was expecting. So the Lord is faithful, friend. There's no doubt about it. But there can be times when it can become uncomfortable if we start focusing on life circumstances instead of what God promised. And that's the challenge of our faith. You know, Jesus actually talked about some bumps along the road in John 16:33. He said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Friend, we need the power of God also to be successful in our Christian walk in these times of tribulation. Now let me discuss a second encounter with the Holy Spirit described in John chapter 7 verses 37 through 39. It's called a river of living water. Remember earlier we talked about the well springing up into eternal life, but this is an additional portion of that same water. And let's read that passage right now. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Friend, Jesus is describing rivers of living water that bubble up within you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The rivers of living water are more than enough to sustain you and others too because it is rivers plural. Friend, this spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit in filling is not available to the world but only those who are already saved in Christ Jesus. It is the same Holy Spirit in filling that Jesus spoke about in Acts 1.8. He said, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Sumeria and the uttermost parts of the earth. If Jesus didn't think this additional outpouring was necessary, friend, he wouldn't have told his followers to meet in Jerusalem and wait for it. Did you notice, friend, in Christ's statement that in the outpouring of God's Spirit, the Spirit comes upon you because he already dwells within you? The scripture makes it clear there is a difference between the Spirit dwelling in someone and coming upon someone. Friend, when the Holy Spirit lives within us at our new birth in Christ, His purpose is to bear fruit in our lives, but His outpouring is for power to witness to others. So you can see the Spirit of God indwells us for the purpose of fruit bearing, and the outpouring of the Spirit is for service to others. There is power available, friend, dunamis equipping power for the purposes of ministry and being a witness in this earth, and it's available for all who would believe and receive it. Dunamis is quite simply the Greek word for power. It's the same word we use for dynamo or dynamite. That's the measure of power available. Some people think that the second outpouring is redundant today and claim it isn't necessary to do the works of Jesus. But friend, this makes Jesus out to be a liar. Evidently, he thought the disciples were not properly equipped to be witnesses for the gospel in their current state. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made this recommendation. 
In summary, it's evident from Scripture there is a twofold work of the Holy Spirit within the believer, and that is the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. The Holy Spirit dwells within us at the new birth for our individual benefit, and this represents the majority of Christians today within denominational churches. The new birth is how we enter God's kingdom, but there's an additional encounter with the Holy Spirit when He comes upon you by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of the Father that Jesus spoke about in Luke 24:49, And I'm going to read from that passage right now. He said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Friend, this offer of being endued with power is still available today. It hasn't gone away, despite what theologians may say or even your own pastor. Now, I'd like to make it very clear that being baptized with the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with your salvation or getting to heaven for that matter. This second encounter with God's Spirit is for service and for the sake of blessing others. As we speak, there are approximately 600 million Christians worldwide who've entered into the promise of the Father or second outpouring where the Spirit of God has come upon them. Like I said before, you're not special if you receive this promise or in some exclusive super spiritual club that looks down on other Christians who don't have it. No, that is pride talking. This separate and powerful encounter is for those who believe and want to be fully equipped to do the works of Jesus Christ. There are doctors and lawyers and engineers and nurses and teachers all with the Holy Spirit baptism and all leading very normal lives, friend. This is merely equipping power to do the works of Jesus as outlined in John fourteen twelve. Down the years, the Lord has graciously allowed me to minister this promise of the Father to people with tongues as the initial evidence, and I continue to do so even today. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button 